In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that gives you real life dog training results. And today I feel very humbled, privileged and very, very lucky to be joined uh, by the fabulous Dave, who is very lucky uh, to be owned and loved by Finn. Now I say that and I really know this to be true because um, Dave, I do think it, it does go that way, doesn't it? Finn's um, Finn, Finn owns you really. I think Finn is a very, very special dog. I, I don't know if you want to tell everyone about him. He is a very special dog. I mean, I, I wouldn't be talking to you today if it wasn't for him and and the things that he's taught me over the last nearly 13 years 12 and a half years um you know he's changed my life and and like I say if it wasn't for him I wouldn't be alive today he really is uh like all our dogs he's an exceptional dog and and I think it's because I, I actually listened to what he had to say that I learned so much from him um but then of course there was the you know the night in 2016 where he literally put himself um in front of danger to 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 protect his dad so so for those people who um don't know and um i'm sure um that a lot of people do know about fina and and you dave and your special journey but th- for those people that don't know dave you um worked um as an operational uh, police uh, dog handler for how long oh gosh uh, i still am um so for th- 13 years now I think it is it's why I joined the police was was to was to do that and um you know it really was a dream come true and I got put with the most amazing dog first off uh, I tried to have no preconceptions so I really was learning as much from from him as I could because you know he was born with the genes so fingers crossed it was me you know he had it all in him and it was just me trying to hold on to the reins and see where it took us and it took us so, in amazing places it was your first dog is that oh, right yeah that, he was. that's pretty incredible that you have a, a match like finish it off now and um, i can say i've been really lucky i've worked with um a number of different police forces in the uk uh, with the dog handler sections and i've watched their development programs and i've watched the pups come through and i've watched them try to match and handle the sort of match and it doesn't always go so well so I think that's uh, almost meant to be in the first place. Like, I, I definitely would believe in that's meant to be. Um, but when you were matched with Finn, like, what age did you get him and and um, how how did it happen? So Finn actually came from one of the forces that you've done some work with, West Midlands. Um, uh, he was in their puppy programme. His dad was a police dog. His mum was going to be a police dog, but they took her for the breeding programme. Um and and I got him at nine months old and yes there's no doubt that his breeding is absolutely incredible but I could have messed that up you know as well as I do you can get a good dog with a good handler and you'll get a great team but you can put a bad dog with a good handler and still get a good team and you can get a good dog with a bad handler and sometimes it works and you can get a you know bad with bad but I think the way I took it again literally was to and this is quite weird for us humans because we like to be in control, but I really did. I listened to my instructors, some more than others, because some were training dogs the way I wanted to train dogs, others were. Um, but I did, I really watched, spent a lot of time with Finn, watching him and learning from him to see what was best for him, you know, what training was best and what natural desires to allow to come out that that might be of benefit to what to what we do. Um, and I think that's part of it. I didn't try and domineer him. I didn't try and be overpowering and demand he's going to do this, that and the other. I just kind of stepped back and um, and watched. And, 
you know, there's the the saying, um, a dog handler saying that the handler is the dope on the other end of the rope. And I think sometimes, especially if you're tracking or searching, if you are that dope on the rope, if you don't interfere, then normally if you've done the training, the dog will get you there. The dog will get you the results. And and that's pretty much what I've what I've done with with Finn and my current dogs as well. It's um, and that's, I mean, that's absolutely incredible. Um, and it's incredible to hear that you've come in and like I said Finn is that first dog I mean that that really is quite special so how long um was Finn operational for oh so yeah I forgot to say I got him at nine months so my force picked him up from West Mids when he was eight weeks old he went to a puppy fosterer um who you know you know puppy fosterer's job is to show them the world they don't really have to do much training yes they've got to make sure there's a recall yes they've got to make sure the dog knows how to play with the toy but their job is to show them the whole world. So when the dog goes out there and starts working, nothing is a surprise. You know, shiny floor, stairs, supermarkets, train stations, nothing will, you know, the dog won't have seen. Um, and so Finn went on his course. Uh, we went down to Surrey to the regional centre down there to do our course just about his first birthday, which is quite young, um, but he was ready. Uh, so we went down there and I will admit to you, Lauren, that the first probably eight weeks, a 13 week course, one of the longest courses the police do still. Um, and for the first eight weeks, nothing really went wrong, but nothing seemed to be quite slotting into place. And I had an amazing instructor who's now a very close friend of ours called uh, Nigel Roussel. Um, and he said, don't worry, it, it's fine. It's all heading in the right direction. You just wait. When it hits, it will hit. Um, and there was another guy there and his dog looked like he was doing amazing from day one. And the, the instructor pulled me aside after a couple of weeks and he said, I guarantee you that dog will not be here at the end of the course. It might look like it's going well, but he's trying to do stuff for the dog, whereas you're waiting for the dog to do stuff for you. And sure enough, week eight, everything just went. And the, the end of the course, um, you know, the last five weeks of the course were, were, were quite magical. And, and sure enough, the other dog didn't make it to the end of the course. Um, so, yeah, so Finn was on the street from just after one years old. Uh, until he retired at eight which is about the right time to retire incredible it's absolutely incredible isn't it um that actually um operational police dog work watching the gp dogs so um the general purpose dogs for for those people that don't necessarily know exactly how the uk police dogs um work they, they do a lot of different jobs right they do a lot of different jobs and so one minute they might be tracking a, a someone who's maybe got a little bit lost and um just found themselves in in a difficult position and the next minute they might be trying to take someone down who's got a knife and has been involved in maybe a stabbing or or something yeah. worse like actually these dogs have to change like that right and they have to read yeah, situations yeah 100 yeah, you know i always joke but finn was it was exactly this sort of dog and so are my current dogs you could you could literally be doing some pr taking him to a primary school and letting the kids read him a story and then and then racing up the road to a pub fight and then coming back and letting the kids finish the story and and, and the the ability that most of the dogs not all the dogs you could do that with the, but the most of the dogs have to do that is is just amazing um you know working in busy town centers looking for discarded evidence with the public milling around and then like you say you know the next minute someone could be running at you with a weapon or running away from you with a weapon and you've got to send the dog to to tackle them but i think the, the work that we ask the, the gp dogs the general purpose dogs to do uh is you know it, it is incredible we do ask an awful lot of them so the ones that make it are truly special not the ones that don't make it aren't special but the ones that do make it really are very special and i would absolutely after watching the intense training and the detail that is needed, I would 100% agree. I think um, we're asking for a very, very talented dog. So I suppose listening in here, Finn is a very, very special dog. And as are so many of the dogs in, in the police force all over the world and in the UK, uh, for sure. But actually, Finn is, is quite special. Um, in um, 2016, something um, happened. I, I've got Brave in the background here. It, she's joining in. So I apologise about her. She's squeaking a toy. She's having a great time. But this is a dog training podcast, so we'll let her go. Um, with, um, with, with Finn in, in 2016, um, I don't know if you want to tell our listeners a little bit about what happened there, because I think this has changed um, the way that we, we view um 
police dogs and the way that police dogs are perceived um, throughout. I mean, it was a massive, massive change and it all occurred um, with with you and Finn on, on that night. That's very nice of you to say. Thank you very much. I mean, over the, over the years, you know, there have been many dogs that have, have been attacked. Um, uh, some, you know, fatally, um, uh, some very seriously and some, you know, just kind of day to day that you just never get to hear about. I mean, my my job as a dog handler, you know, is normally running through people's back gardens at three o'clock in the morning. No one really gets to hear about what we do. Uh, you know, the owner of the garden might come out and find the broken fence where the dogs gracefully jumped over the top and the handlers had to go through it because um, we're not quite as graceful as our dogs. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, what Finn did that night really was thrust into the headlines. I remember sitting at the vets, you know, uh, waiting uh, to hear what had happened to Finn, and it, it was being put up every half an hour on the on the news screens in 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 um, in the vets. So so what happened basically it was Finn was seven and a half, so he was coming towards the end of his career, a very very successful career. He he had a very good reputation on the street. If the radio operators knew that we were on. They would be calling us and asking us to go to everything. And and Finn wouldn't finish it, finish a shift without um, a result. And I remember one, I remember one weekend uh, a detective actually emailing us and asking us to slow down because they couldn't keep up with Finn's work rate because of the amount of prisoners that he was bringing in. Uh, I, I think he had something like seven or something in that weekend. And they were just like, can you stop, please? Um, Love it. And this this was just another one of those jobs. You know, we thought we were going to uh, be chasing someone through gardens. And um, so, so we, we turned up at an address, didn't really know what was going on. We didn't really have any information. We were told that something was suspicious, but nobody really knew what. And there were a few officers there already. Uh, I hadn't even got Finn out of the van because I thought it was such a nonsense, you know, nothing job. Um, but Finn's van was parked near the back of the address. They put a knock in on the address to find out what was going on. And then all hell broke loose at the back of the address. And we didn't know if someone was trying to escape or if someone was trying to break in or what was going on if it, or if there was a fight. Um, but I thought, well, if they're breaking out of the back, that's where Finn is. I'll run around, grab Finn. Perhaps we can be of some use. And um, and Finn, you know, he's always if I leave him in the van, he's always looking for me. So he saw me coming back and he could see me running and he's thinking, right, yeah, we're on here. So as soon as I got him out of the van, he's ready. He doesn't know what for, but he's ready. And we set off towards the back of the address. And then I can hear someone garden hopping, which is fantastic because that's what we do. That's that's our bread and butter garden hopping after baddies. Um, and this young lad appeared uh, just a few seconds later in front of us. Uh, Finn's on his lead and again there's nothing to suggest it's not it's not going to go down the way it's always gone down for the previous six and a half years and we'd have an arrest and we'll be heading back to the the police station for tea and cake any minute now um and we shouted at him the normal dog handler challenge you know you've got to make sure that they're left under no illusion that there's a police officer with a dog there and if you don't stop He's going to come and get you. Um, and if, if you've never heard that before, I know when I've um, been training with um, the police in lots of different spaces, I love I love it. If I was not this, I would love to be a police dog handler. And you hear this, man with a dog, man with a dog, blah, 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 blah. So you've got your, you say, and literally that is the warning, isn't it? And it's the, yeah. the warning to them, look, this is serious. And you have to do that because that's your um, legality, I suppose. Is that a legality? Yeah. So um, legality to, to let the people know actually what's happening. This is occurring. However, um, to hear it sounds so formal. And God, it gets me all excited. I'm like, this. Is, I mean, because yeah. it, it's an exciting scenario in lots of ways because that is your job. Like you said, it's man with a dog chasing down baddies you guys do an amazing job an incredible job which makes people like me feel very very safe so yeah. actually like you said this is a normal scenario at this stage right yeah yeah absolutely um you're going back to what you said it's human rights and it's giving the people an opportunity to to, to kind of surrender yeah um, we don't really want to bite them i say uh, because there's paperwork involved and, and no dog handler likes paperwork man no <laughs> dog not many dog handlers carry pens um but you know, when you've got a dog like Finn next to you, you know that if they don't stop, then the dog will stop them. Yeah. And so, you know, he was given chances. And even once he, so he decided to carry on running, even once I'd sent Finn, 
I still carried on the challenges because I know because of the level of training that Finn had, I could still recall him back if he decided yeah. to stop. Yeah. Um, and uh, he carried on running. Um, he wasn't that far ahead of us, but he was getting away. He's not wearing two stone of equipment like I am. He's not wearing clunky boots. He's young, he's fit, he's athletic. He's wearing trainers and he's off. Uh, but Finn can, or he then, bless him, he could run at sort of 30 miles an hour. So you're not going to get away from him. So very quickly, um, we found ourselves in a back garden and uh, he went to jump over the fence. Um, and uh, as I came through into the garden and Finn jumped up and grabbed his leg and between Finn and I, we pulled him back down to the ground. And I still thought that was it. But the next 20 seconds changed our lives, um, you know, uh, f- forever. Um, I was about to tell him that he all he needed to do was to remain still and I would get Finn to let him go and he was under arrest etc um, and literally as I opened my mouth he he sort of let propped back on his elbows because he's on the floor Finn's got hold of his leg um, uh, he thrust forward towards Finn and it's a dark garden there's a security, security light jumping on uh, coming on and he um yeah, he thrust forward towards Finn's chest and I thought maybe he's punching him or, or something like that. And it wasn't until he relaxed that thrust that I could see the um, the, the largest gem. Do you want to just grab it? The largest uh, knife I've ever seen on the street was coming out of Finn's chest. Now, we had um, a mock-up made of it because I think when, when you say that Finn got stabbed, that people think it's a pen knife. Um, but this is a, pretty much an exact replica of the knife. And so all of that, all of that bit is blade. And and that's he put the whole thing inside Finn's chest, which I mean I, I don't mind telling you as that's coming out of Finn's chest I can't I can't compute that that doesn't work for me that doesn't make any sense at all, and the it's come out of Finn's um, uh, Finn's left armpit which you know I know things are happening quite quickly but that's where his heart sits um, and. And I'm, and all of this is, you know, spinning through my head at a thousand miles an hour. And then he goes to stab me, but I'm still trying to work everything out. And Finn's not trying to work anything out. Finn knows that this is bad. Um, and he tries to then, so I'm now straddled over Finn, uh, holding on to Finn. Uh, so, you know, Finn's head is here and my head is literally here because I'm about to shout at him what he needs to do to, to stop Finn from biting him. Um, and he's now going for this. Um, and Finn doesn't hesitate. You know, he knows that his dad's about to have something happen to him. So he puts himself in the way. Um, and, and as a result, he had the top of his his head sliced open. And I'm thinking, right, well, we're not going to get out of this garden alive if we don't do something about this. So in you know, I unsaddle Finn. Finn's still got hold of his leg. He, he grabs, um, you know, really hard onto his leg. Uh, and I pick him up. Uh, at the top end so between it between finn and i we slam him on the ground about two or three times and eventually he lets go of the knife um like i said officers were at the house they didn't know i was shouting down the radio where we were you can press a button on the radio and it cuts across everything so they can hear you don't have to keep hold of any buttons you can just run and talk uh or run and scream as we were so they knew where we were and then they kicked through the gate to the garden and they jumped on him so they jumped on the guy and I could think about Finn. I still had to ask Finn to let go of the, his, the guy's leg because he's still doing his job. And he would have done it until his last breath. But it, again, still in my head, Lauren, I'm thinking that's gone through his heart. So I've probably got about 20 seconds with my best buddy. Um, so I, I manhandle him to the floor because the adrenaline is coursing through both of us and he still wants to do the job. And um, I lift up his leg because I can see the blood lift up his leg and I, I hear the worst noise um you know when you pull a, a plug out of the, the sink and it makes that slurp yeah. um and that's um and i now know was air rushing in through the stab wound into his chest Jim. and um yeah i didn't know what we were going to do i didn't I, i'm screaming i need a vet my radio still open so they can still hear me i need a vet i need a vet uh and which point one of the officers shouts throw me your keys you grab finn i'm driving we're going they've rung a vet already um we're going and again it all happened within seconds and so i've run back to the van with finn put put him in the back i'm in the passenger seat leaning through into the back where finn is trying to calm him down but we're going to the vets on blues and two so he's thinking we're going to another job so he's excited 
Um, but by the time we get and the vet's only two and a half miles away, but by the time we get there, you can see him thinking, well, actually, I feel rotten now. Um, and yeah, so I picked him up, t- took him through into the vet, laid him on the floor. And one of the hardest moments of all of this happened then. So I was stabbed in the hand, nothing serious, but, you know, I had uh, my hand was bleeding uh, from the stab wound. And so we're laying on the floor and Finn is in a bad way. You can see he's become really barrel shaped where there's air where it shouldn't be. He's struggling to breathe. There's all this nonsense going on around him, people running around after him. And he finds the stab wound on my hand and he starts to tend to to me. So with all, all the pain that he was in and everything that he'd gone through, effectively for a decision that I had made, he was still looking after his dad. And that was really hard. That was one of the hardest moments of all of this. But <laughs> um, before I make myself cry, um, yeah, I, I remember the, the sort of the vet saying there, there's the waiting room. And I was like, I can't leave him. I, you know, if, I, if I'm in the way, push me out of the way. But if there's anything I can do to help, then I will. And there was moments where I was, you know, holding the, his chest wound closed while they were trying to draw air out with a mechanical drain um holding the mechanical drain and you know i was really there trying to trying to help but we were losing him um we couldn't draw out enough air to to inflate his lungs um well enough to to keep him going so they had to make a decision that he was going to go to another um specialist vet veterinary surgery where they had a mechanic, a mechanical drain, an electronic drain that they could draw it out and, and make sure that and, and get oxygen in. And so we had to go to another vet on Blues and Two. So a van turned up, a police van had taken the seats out. Me and the vet were in the back with Finn. Um, and he's obviously now heavily sedated, but he still, you know, still wanted to get up. He still reacted to the Blues and Twos. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, that the, the, when they hear it, they that for them is like game on, isn't it? So in yeah. some ways, you want to move them there fast, but at the same time, you're like, dear Lord, calm down, because actually, yeah. it's it, even in that state, it is like, wake up, let's go, because they. I think this is what people don't always understand, and I know sometimes the police can get a really bad rep. It's actually they love their job. They do. They will do anything for it like that for them is it's a game right like it, there's it a game for them and that yeah. is the game um, yeah. i mean Finn, Finn's, 13, Finn's 13 years old he would go back to work tomorrow his yeah. body won't let him but he would go Great. back to work tomorrow he yeah. absolutely does it so so yeah we got to the next vet and, and and again this was this next moment was really heartbreaking and and one of the hardest to 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 deal with so uh, a serious incident had happened um in you know finn being stabbed and me being assaulted um and the weapons and stuff and so they the police wanted to gather evidence and i didn't care about that i wanted to look after finn and make sure that he was going to be okay so when we got to the next vet i could see the com- the conversation happening between my sergeant and the vet and they're saying well we need to get him away because we need to get all his clothes we need to get a statement from him blah 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 and by now we're at a you know a proper sit not not the other vet's not serious but a proper serious veterinary specialist specialist uh, it's very different isn't it yeah and there's nothing there's nothing i can do and they're not going to let me come through anyway because it's all sterilized um and he says you know he's he said he comes and he says to me i'll give you the opportunity to go to go and say goodbye um and that was horrible and i didn't want to leave and i had to be pulled out of the room and i'm you know crying into his fur not only had we just gone through that horrible incident and saved my life but we had you know six and a half years of of, of amazing history behind us and this was a re- very real opportunity very real prospect that i was saying goodbye forever um because they still didn't know what was wrong with him it was fairly clear his his blood pressure is stabilized by then so they were happy it wasn't an artery or his heart um but he was struggling to breathe and he his chest was all over the place and his oxygen levels were plummeting so they were happy it was probably going to be a lung injury but they didn't know to what extent um so it was very serious but so yes they, they had to drag me away to go to hospital to have my pathetic little hand stab wound seen to um and yet you say that um dave it wasn't very long ago it was kicked by a horse and you know what whether it's a stab wound to your hand or whether it's a kick to your um leg it it's the some it's the shock and the trauma of it anyway right like it is like it's still it i I mean yes finn 
his was horrific but actually this is still pretty horrific like you should not be having your hand in that state and I get that it seems so little compared to Finn but yeah don't play it down I mean it's it's shocking that you guys have to have that right like you go through yeah. that I mean yeah there are police officers around the country that that, that face you know terrible violence um on a almost daily basis or, or on a daily basis um and, and some of the things that we have to to put up with are horrific they are horrible you know i didn't turn up to work that day i didn't turn up to work that day wanting my dog to bite someone but they put themselves and they had plenty of opportunity for it not to happen they put themselves in the position where it had to happen and i certainly didn't turn up to work that day expecting my best mate to be stabbed and me to be stabbed in the hand no one signed up for that i know we know there's dangerous dangers but nobody signs up for that um but for again for like you said just now for, for me it wasn't about me it wasn't you know about having a few butterfly stitches and a bit of glue it was about waiting for finn or helping in any way i could and then and then your mind starts going crazy and then you start going over it and then you start blaming yourself and could i have done this should i have done that could we have done something else the fact of the matter lauren is i didn't know he had that i did not have a clue i thought he had a stick um because we'd been told um earlier in the evening that there might be a gang and one of might have had a plea battered but you're trained to deal with that we can deal with that we that's what we do day long i was right behind see i'm even doing it now uh, i was right behind finn i was going to be with him in an instant to back him up if i'd have known he'd have had that i'd have kept finn on a lead we would have followed uh, at a safe distance and we would have waited for someone else with much more suitable weaponry and my live best friend to deal with it um, and I think sometimes you don't get you don't know you don't know right and you you did the best with what you had in that situation and and I think just listening for me um every time you've shown um for those people that are listening rather than watching every time you've shown that weapon it, I mean it gives me like the most horrific like the hairs on my neck stand up because yeah just don't imagine that anyone the, the never... blade is 10 inches the blade is a 10 inch no, that's not including the handle the handle's separate it's a 10 inch blade and he put the whole thing inside Finn's chest I mean it's absolutely insane and 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 whilst being bitten so you think that like someone in that that state might just want to just calm down mm-hmm. um and then and then secondly um the fact that Finn puts himself in in the way and I am a huge believer in our dogs are intuitive they know best um I, I was on a horse like I said to you only just before this this podcast yeah. and, and he stopped and he wouldn't walk forwards at, at one point and then I asked him if he wanted to walk forwards again and he said no he didn't and then I realized that the what we were about to walk into was really really looked solid but it wasn't it was right. it was thinking um and he went around it they know they like this is what their instincts are about and and um you watch like a, a sheepdog for example know which sheep in the group is injured and be able to select it and bring it out and and our dogs have instincts way beyond what we'll ever understand oh, so absolutely. um i i definitely believe that so so how i saw i saw pictures of finn um after um after with his um his his little head shaved and yeah. um, looking so brave not not so long after how did it how did his his sort of coming out of that happen like how how like how did it go how long was he in how quickly because he looked amazing not too oh. long after yet he'd been through something horrific so uh so he had to have four hours of surgery now uh, he had about three months knocked off his recovery because they were wondering if they would have to go through the sternum Uh, but they decided they tracked the path of the knife before opening him up and they were happy they could go in through the side um so that immediately knocked three months off of his recovery um so but so four hours of surgery they had to pull his lung uh, uh well you know about dog anatomy two lobes of lung on the heart side three lobes of lung on the non-heart side so they they there was two through and through injuries on the two lobes on the left hand side um and so they had to pull those bits out and snip those off um and sew it sew those bits back up and we got some um, ama- amazing pictures of you know i've got a picture of finn's heart um but but what that does is it really hits home how close it was to his heart um so i think it missed his heart by a centimeter or something like that it's which insane is just- isn't it it's insane and 
And some days I feel like luck is on your side. And although it was very unlucky that he was there and stabbed, actually so lucky in the outcome, really. Yeah, 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 huge. Um, so, yeah, four hours of surgery. I, You know, I saw him that afternoon uh, after surgery. He was heavily sedated. He still wanted to get up and follow me out. Uh, they had to hold him down while we left. And that, that was heartbreaking. And then we came back the next day and you know, every day they said, we're not going to let you in to see him. And eventually they managed to find a way to let us in to see him um, because now he was, you know, he was national news by now. Bless him. Um, so he was in for and, three. And the people do get behind it, don't they? They really get behind it. So the people oh, really, gosh, yeah. really um, like watching. Um, I mean, even recently, I mean, they love it. They absolutely love the police dogs. The police dogs are very, very... Um, celebrated adored and um, yeah. probably more so than the officers and i don't mean to say that yeah no you're right but, was, but for me that's the way it should be lauren yeah. because i signed up for this he didn't sign up for it um yeah. you know like we said just now you know if they had to make a choice then we know what choice they would make they would go to work but you know it's right i i, I now run a, a national charity um looking after uh police dogs when when they're in service and when they're retired and you know the, the 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 coverage we get when we're celebrating them every year is huge because people want to know it they want to hear their story but they are phenomenal you know the horses as well you know I've, i know a few um, um mounted officers those horses are incredible the work that they do if you look at what a horse is they shouldn't do what they do as a police horse but they're incredible and incredible i think the thing um that i see in dogs i mean obviously i have uh, incredible sports dogs agility dogs uh, have an incredible and um, brave uh my yeah. dog and i think they've got incredible hearts some some dogs and I, and I do think all dogs are incredible and i think some dogs have a very special heart and i'm really pleased that finn's heart was saved that day because he sounds like he has that very very special um heart and and they just are willing to give that a bit more they're willing to push that a little bit harder they're willing to put themselves in situations that some dogs would would never and some some people and some some horses and whatever they some dogs have that little bit more and it sounds like finn um is definitely one of those dogs um yeah definitely i think you know our, our job is so addictive that i think that's probably part of it as well as a team you get so addicted to it that you push harder and harder and harder and harder for the next job and i do blame myself for potentially being complacent but i i, I look back at it and i we finn and i couldn't have done anything differently that night and I think you did do um, you, you did do everything you could to to put him in the right position, yeah. and at the same time, that's still um, that, that that's the nature of, of the job to a degree, isn't it? Is yeah. it's there now? I hear this whole. I've written it down. Over a hundred thousand signatures pretty quickly happen. Now tell us a little bit about that because right. I think that's pretty different. Like it's what so was much, that about? There's so much to Finn's story. We could be here for days, right? I'll try and keep this short. So. Um, <laughs> really took his story to heart they were our social media popped overnight it just went absolutely insane we started writing blogs about what had happened we couldn't talk about it too much because of court case but his recovery um and at the same time a very good friend of mine launched a government petition asking for these animals these service animals to be viewed differently in law because um what i i mean i'd done the job for for six and a half years at that point and I didn't seven and a half years. I, I didn't know that the dogs weren't protected in law. There was no law that protected them. The um, Animal Welfare Act, which is a great piece of legislation, um, uh, somebody's gerbil had more protection in law than a service dog or, or a service horse. Um, it was just one of those but things that they just slipped. Like yeah. it's horrific, isn't it? Like it's a real um missing piece of the legislation because yeah. actually these are dogs that that go up alongside you our officers to protect us yep. and yet in legislation nothing was looking after them no nothing at all so you could you know you you, you could smash a plant pot or a window or slash a tire and get more well you you would actually get a penalty whereas if you stabbed a police dog you would get nothing and that's that's ultimately what happened to our guy um when he went to court for the various offenses was um he, he got nothing so they they charged him with criminal damage to finn as if he was a piece of property and that although he was found guilty he got nothing for what he did to finn um so yeah the petition sorry yeah go back a step um a, a friend of mine launched a petition at the same time uh, like a day after what happened to finn 
and it reached 127,000 signatures in 11 days, which was absolutely insane, and actually caught the government off um, on their on the back foot. They weren't really sure how to um, how to deal with it, but we did some amazing work alongside. You know, all parties, It had because I'm a copper, it had to be all party support. I couldn't favour one party over another. Um, and, you know, we pushed hard um, over the course of a couple of years. And in, was it June the 8th, 2019, um, Finn's law became law, which is a huge achievement. So explain what is Finn's law? So Finn's Law, it's nicknamed Finn's Law, and I think most people know it by that name. It's the Service Animals Act. Um, they're looking to pass it in Northern Ireland now, and then it should be pretty much the whole of the UK has it. Um, so it's, a, it's a, again, it sits within the Animal Welfare Act. Um, we have pushed for bigger sentences in the Animal Welfare Act, and we've now got a five-year maximum sentence. So if you um, if you attack a service animal, a horse or a dog, um, and you're found guilty at court, then you could face a maximum sentence of five years. Um, but whereas before they had no protections in now, law. high five to that because <laughs> that is an incredible achievement in the sense. I mean, dear Lord, yes, I want more as well. However, that in itself is an incredible achievement too. Um, my background is law. For those people that don't know, I've, I've got a law degree, and um, to change legislation is a lot of work and to get anything passed um that um like like finn's law is no mean feat like it really is no easy um quick process it's it's long blood sweat tears and and many 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 hours and and a lot of people backing it um and so that is absolutely um life-changing and incredible for so proud i mean again it wasn't it was finn's story and and we had some amazing people helping us but you know what it was the public the public really got behind it and they and if it wasn't for them we wouldn't have finn's law if it was just dave dave the copper jumping up and down at his MP, nothing would have happened. So the fact that we had thousands of people behind us prepared to, you know, message their MPs on a weekly basis was the reason that we got where we got. Now, Finn, Finn doesn't know um, really quite how how big all of this was and, and is. Um, did, did, did he get lot? Did he have lots of fans or does he have lots of fans? And how is his life for yeah. you, Finn? We haven't even mentioned Britain's Got Talent. So Finn and I went when I got Britain's Got Talent in 2019 and we made to the finals of Britain's Got Talent. So, yes, he, he's very well known. I mean, it blows me away when you look at the, like the YouTube clip of Finn's um, BGT. It's it's like 30 million views or something like that. Actually, insane. I'm not even going to tell Blink. Blink's going to be horrified. <laughs> There's a dog out there with more views than her. <laughs> livid. Blink is going to be livid. Um, so so this has really changed yours and Finn's life because Britain's Got Talent. Go on, tell me a little bit about it. What did you do? How did it work? Oh How did it come about? So, so, so Britain's Got So, as you know, we talked about law just now. Um, if you're... If you're in the headlines and you're relevant, then government and MPs want to know about you. The minute that drops, they'll go and find the next thing. Um, and so we had to try. I mean, I'm like I said at the beginning, my job is running through people's back gardens at three o'clock in the morning. So trying to stay in the headlines is not natural to me at all. <laughs> um, or it's more natural now. But it, it wasn't natural and it was quite an uncomfortable thing. But someone came to me. It was during one of our dips and said, why don't you do something crazy like Britain's Got Talent? And we 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 explored the idea we then eventually contacted them and explained the story and why we were there now i wasn't there for the money and i certainly wasn't there for the fame you know things like uh, i had to sign with my bosses that um if i won which we weren't there to do that but if i won i had to give all the money away so it wasn't that we weren't there for any other reason than to talk about service animals yeah uh, the animal welfare act exactly and finn's law and you know what if we had got 10 seconds that would have been amazing because it would have been 10 seconds to 10 million people but they love the story and the audition and the act so much that in the first show we got 10 minutes primetime tv on a saturday night in the middle of the show um and we made the nation cry we made simon cow cry we made ant and deck cry and we had loads wow. of messages saying you you've made us cry um what did you do like tell us about like what you actually did when you got so, there. 
so it was a mind reading act it was a, a magic and mind mind reading act now if there are any magicians watching this i apologize because you'll watch it and you'll go well that wasn't very difficult um but it, you, when, you, when you put the story with it and and the fact that it involves a dog and there's lots that can go wrong i guess it, it you need to apologize for this i am so pleased i am so impressed i am <laughs> literally standing up in front of that many people i know, I know. that it's huge it's insane. huge absolutely insane you've got to try and i mean you can't hear you can't see the audience but obviously you can hear them it's probably two and a half thousand people which is scary enough then there's four of the most famous people in the land in front of you judging you two of the most famous people have just pushed you onto the stage um and you've got to remember your life. i'm not i'm not an actor i'm not a magician until that day i'd never done magic um i've never been on the stage before so in 24 hours i had to learn magic i had to learn learn about staging i had to learn a script and i had to get finn to do as he was told in a completely alien environment so funny so brilliant but we made the nation cry so we got through <laughs> Then we then we had um, the live shows, which is ridiculous. So what did I decide to do for the live shows? Have six police puppies on stage with me and Finn. What could I possibly go wrong? I love it. A live show. And, you know, I remember David Williams saying in the, in the sort of summing up at the end when they have to say yes or no for the first la- for the live semi-final, he said you didn't have to actually do an act. You just needed to come out with those six puppies and you had a yes from me. I love so, it. He's a cool guy. We we I mean won our semi final. We beat um, the school that the singing school, we, who are incredible and an amazing bunch of kids. We beat them and won our semi final, and then went through to the final. And and you know what? It, but by that time, we had been uh, in front of the ten million people twice. We got going to get the opportunity to do it again to talk about the law. It was a, a massive turning point um, in 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 all of uh, this uh, this story. The exposure, you know, it, it's fantastic to see police dogs talked about on the news again and in papers, and we're celebrating them every year. Um, Fame wise, we haven't gone on to sign a massive movie da- deal or anything like that. So it, you know, I get recognised in the street, which is really bizarre, and Finn gets recognised in the street, um, which is which is bonkers. But um, we achieved what we wanted to achieve amazing literally um absolutely amazing so so what are finn's just i want to know a bit about finn because i think finn is um obviously he's he's changed a lot now finn's favorite things tell me a few of finn's favorite things what are the things that right from when he was younger maybe right through to now some of his favorite things things he'd like to do or like to get up to or like to eat or like to play with tell us a little bit about like some of his quirks so uh so uh, when it comes to eating anything that dad's got <laughs> so anything that i've got is definitely fair game um he's uh he loves cuddles but um, because he's a roughly tough, he still thinks he's a roughly tufty police dog. He can only have cuddles first thing in the morning and last thing at night when there's no one there to see them. Um, but he really does love cuddles. Uh, until recently, and I, you know, if we've got time, we'll talk about what happened to Finn last year. Uh, until recently, he loved to swim. Uh, and I think, you know, he's 13. And I think the part of the reason that he's still here is his insatiable appetite for swimming. I mean, he would do, he wouldn't think twice about an hour's swim. And, and that kept him so strong until until recently, bless him, he's not allowed to swim anymore. Um, uh, so, yeah, swimming. Yeah, we, we would go swimming together. We've got friends that have got farms. And if you get in there early before it gets too hot and the blue-green algae, we would literally do almost like hill work swimming. He would li- we would literally be side by side. You love it. Yeah. And and um, I suppose Finn's taking you on some cr- incredible adventures by the sounds of it. And I think that's, I mean, I've I've um, been very lucky like you to have special, I've, I've had very special dogs and, and, they do take us on some really special adventures. I mean, Britain's Got Talent now, that's pretty darn special. Um, but I think that, yeah, you, you seem to have had lots of special adventures with Finn, which which makes it even, it's it's even more, isn't it? There's too many to cram into this. I mean, we haven't talked about, we won a Twitter competition about law enforcement and flew to Florida together, sat on the plane next to each other to talk to law enforcement officials out there about what we were trying to do. And off of, off the back of that, they they pushed for their own Finns law and they've got a seven-year sentence. And, you wow. know, there's so many, so many. Charity fundraising, you know, Finns helped me raise hundreds of thousands of pounds for, for different charities. Now he's the ambassador and I'm the trustee 
fifty for um, a, a um, police dog charity and so many, so many adventures. He's got that. I mean, and that is the thing, right? Like, there's there's this great quote. I'm thinking it's a Winnie the Pooh one, and it's something like, as soon as I saw you, I knew an adventure was about to happen. And and this is the quote that I see when when I think of Blink, and I I see this for you and Finn too. Like, it's a it's an immediate um, adventurous journey. Like, what a cool adventurous journey. But I suppose um, that actually um, there are so many things possibly you still want to do. Do you have a bucket list for you and Finn? Are there things you still want to get up to or things that you still like yeah, to Yeah, there are. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's so many things. Uh, you know you know what it's like, and I'm going to try not to make either of us cry, but, you know, Finn's, Finn's 13. The, the, the only problem with dogs, and I do mean this, the only problem with dogs is they just don't live long enough. They don't. And... And I think that when you get the special ones like Finn, you know that you've got to make every day count. And um, yeah. and I think that's that is how we connected more recently. And I know we've connected a few times and we've never managed to quite get here, but we're here now. So we should celebrate that. High five. Come on, celebrate the fact that we're here now. <laughs> um, we're here now. Um, was was brave, obviously, um, had an accident um, uh, over a year ago now, and that changed our lives. It changed our family's um, life and it changed Brave's life. And as much as she's still here, life is very different and and just like finn actually she has a, an insatiable um uh, love of swimming and she's a swim aholic um and she also has a, a heart of um, a lion now um she had an accident called an ANNPE a spinal trauma and um since that day really we've never it, it's not been the same and it's not terrible, but it's it's not the same as it was. Um, Finn similarly um, had uh, had an accident. Um, I don't know. You, you're welcome to tell us what what you want to tell us. I know how it, it took me a good year to be able to talk about Brave, and I just couldn't talk about it. I just couldn't talk. It just upset me too much, um, and upset me to see her too much. Now, um, Finn had had a similar um, injury, and it's changed maybe things like his swimming, right, Dave? Yeah, yeah. So, so what happened was. Well, I think it was the 31st of October last year. So, so you know, at that point, he's 12 years old, 12 and a half years old. He's still very independent. He's still, you know, he comes up. I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. He comes up to bed with me. I couldn't sleep upstairs without him and he couldn't sleep downstairs without me. So he comes upstairs. He, you know, insists on walking himself up and back down again. Um he this particular day we've got non-slip mats everywhere because we've got tiles but we're conscious of the fact that he's getting older but for some reason they're not there that morning i think they're in the wash um he comes down the stairs and every day without foul he would always jump the last step he didn't and then whether he thought it was lava or what but he wouldn't uh, step on the last step he would always jump it but with the non-slip mats there he could obviously you know he'd be fine but this day they weren't there and uh, he jumps uh, when he lands, he slips, uh, his back legs slip in opposite directions. And then he slams his bottom on the hard floor. Uh, didn't think anything of it. Uh, he got up. You could see he was a bit annoyed with himself. He came and got in the van and we went and ran some errands because he comes everywhere with me on my days off. Um, ran some errands and we got out of the dog training field <clears throat> about an hour later and something was very, very wrong. Um, you know, it, he was like a very, very drunk dog. He had next to no control at the back end and he kept falling over and uh, my heart sank. I thought, what, you know, what's happened? What's happened so quickly in that we know he's getting older and he's getting slower and he's, he's got arthritis, but this has happened. Something in, else. Yeah. This, yeah, is, something this is something else. So we, um, we got, oh, I remember, I, I said to Gemma, can you take him to the vet? Because not that I would have allowed anything to happen to him, but I didn't want to hear them say, you know, this is the end. And yeah. that's effectively what they said. They said, you know, he's in a, he's obviously hurt his spine. They didn't do anything other than manipulate it and, 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 and mani manipulate his muscles and stuff. But they said that, you know, this is, you're probably facing him being put to sleep in the next couple of days. Um. We spoke to a few other people, a few people, experts in the field, and that sort of thing, uh, who gave us a very different picture and said, no, hold on, go and get, you know, go, go and get all the scans done. Um, and Noel Fitzpatrick um, uh, wonderfully offered to pay for, for thin scans. We went, went down there. 
but even they didn't beat around the bush. No. So he he'd compressed 11 discs in his spine. Now, this, and this is a spine that has spent uh, eight, nearly eight years. Had a lot years of working. years hammering, right? Like it, it has. It's the same as doing a, working with a sports dog, an agility dog. They've 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 had a harder working life. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, they didn't beat around the bush. They said, you're only, you, there's too many sites for surgery. Um, um, and so your only option is hydro and physio. And if that doesn't work, then he's reached the end. Um, and like Brave, you know, Finn just saw it as the next challenge, the next bat- battle, the next competition, however you want to see it in their head. Um, he just saw it as the next thing that he had to do. The like, best a little, do. like a little war hero. Like he's just like, he goes on and he's like, right, this is what I'm at. And, and that is the most amazing thing about dogs. I mean, dogs like Finn and dogs like Brave. They see it as it is and they take it as it yeah. is. One day Brave's like, my leg doesn't work. Okay, off I go. And I use my other three really, really well. Yeah. And and you're watching and you're like, I am breaking down here and I can barely speak. Yeah. And I'm struggling to function and brush my teeth because I am literally yep. just so upset about this. And yet there you are off to go for a little hike with yeah. your legs and your ataxic wobbly body. Yeah, and, that's it. And, and there's me like choked. And I mean, then even more choked because I can't actually handle how like okay with it you are. Like they are amazing. They are. He just didn't see it. Just, yeah, he he wanted it. You know, if he had to drag himself from one side of the garden, he would. He, you know, still wanted to be with his dad, you know, um, because it's a spinal injury. The the pain tends to be, you know, not as significant as if it's another sort of injury. And so he just got on with it. So then when we said to him, right, well, now we're going to be going to physio twice a week and hydro twice a week. I think we were doing physio three times a week at one point. He's like, yep, come on in. Let's go. I can do that. Bring it on. Yeah. So um, what, does his, what does his hydro look like? Tell me, um, Dave, what does he do? So he does treadmill. I say because because of um, the issue uh, with his spine, they, they said he's, he may never swim again. So part, part of the reason is, um, and you probably know more than I do, when they swim, they tend to kind of stretch everything out, you know, to keep yeah. their head up and everything. And they said that would just, that could be detrimental to him. So, yeah. but he'd had such an amazing, you know, um 12 years effectively of swimming he had all that nice strong muscle structure yeah. around him and yeah. I, like as like i said just now i really do say that that's the reason he's still here is because he was so fit and strong from his swimming um so he does um treadmill um twice a week um and they put resistance bands on there and and they you know they play with the speed and the 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 the, the time um and they're trying to um stimulate his muscles with with different things to remind because that's what it was initially it was to remind his brain that that end of the body was still there yeah um, um, they still have a leg that works and actually that the leg is still theirs because that's how they describe it like they don't know where it is in space yeah so actually they don't know where everything is in space so the connections and no, the feedback is no longer there that's it yeah i mean silly things like you know he does a range of movement every day um, and, and his brain is much better now. It knows everything's back there. But even today, um, he was doing range of movement and there would be a prickly brush for his the pads on his feet just to send that those billions of signals to the brain just to remind it because he's still got compressions in his spine. So he's yeah. still making up for stuff. Um, but, you know, he, he has three, five minute, five to 10 minute sessions a day at home. Uh, and that's followed up with, um, one phys- now one physio a week um, and one to two hydro but that the, the hydro now really is there is, is to build his muscles back up because you know they, they do lose a lot of muscle and, and when you're 13 it's harder to get the muscles yeah no much right you sound like you're doing an absolutely incredible job now job now it one thing I'm just thinking Dave is that our dogs teach us so much yeah. like I know that you couldn't tell me just one thing, but I want you to tell me what one thing, like I'm going to say that like brave, um, that some of the lessons that that she's given me incredible, incredible lessons and uh, resilience, grit, um, never giving up, um, being brave in the face of adversity, like so many things. Yeah. What What's Finn taught you? 
Oh, again, over the years, um, you know, like your dogs, so many, so many things. But I think, you know, waking up every day and just taking the day as, uh, you know, for what it is, forget about what happened yesterday, forget about what happened last week, you know, get up today and, and give it your all um, because you might just take that next little step towards something much bigger and, and much better. You know, Finn, Finn could barely walk in November last year. He was in a field. Uh, in fact, he pinched a toy off of me earlier and ran off up the garden. Now, again, if you were to look at him, you would see that there's still something very, very um, different there. But to see him grab that toy and run off up the garden away from me was was brilliant. It was, it was hilarious. But, you know, in November, the vets want, said that he should be put to sleep. So, you and know, Actually, I want, to, I want to shout out on that because as much as that's not what we're talking about today, I do want to say that we were advised the same thing. And actually, I'd love to to share that we need to sometimes give our dogs the opportunity, give them a little bit of time, um, not rush to conclusions. And actually, um, both Finn and Brave, it's not the same, it's different, but they do have a great quality of life. Yeah. They uh, do get to have a lot of fun still. And yeah. uh, it's a different journey, uh, but it's definitely still a lot that we can celebrate here. And I think that, um, yeah, I'd like to wait, make that a little bit more wide, more widely known that we can explore this a bit more because, like I said, my vet the same said this is the end, yeah. and I said she's five or four and a bit at the time. This cannot be the end. Yeah, and, and same as you, you're like Finn's not saying this is the end. Look, look at him. He's he's yeah, not. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I can't kid people that the treatment that Finn has had has been cheap. It hasn't been cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've, you know, I've also been contacted by people that said, well, we did it on our own. We didn't have the money. We looked it up. We could, we looked to see what we could find, any books, any videos, anything. And mm-hmm. we gave our dog another three, four, five, six years of life. Um, mm-hmm. So there's definitely thing. It, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the end. Um, you know, go and speak to, to speak to the right people and, and see if you can get that help and support. You know, we had some support from some wonderful charities as well. Miracles Mission is one that helps re- rehabilitate disabled um, animals and sometimes rehome them as well. And they were like, oh, God, no, this isn't the end. Um, and, and they deal with animals that have had severed spinal cords, um, which is obviously very, very extreme. And they, they'll show you videos of these animals still having wonderful lives um so it's about how much um yeah how much you want to put into it as well but you know finn and brave are definitely definitely worth it they're definitely dogs um that i i suppose they're they're pivotal for a lot of people because they they change the roadmap they 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 change the rules a little bit they mm. they break the rules and i like that right like they they say things are uh, can be and, and will be different now last one um going back to the laws do you think the laws will change again do you think there's a chance for them to change again uh, i think that we we've definitely got an opportunity to push that sentencing up uh, okay. so we managed to push it up from six months to five years um people were saying straight away why why aren't you pushing for 10 years and, and when it comes to politics and law um sometimes you have to take what they're going to give you you know they weren't going to give us 10 years they were going to give us five years um that uh, unfortunately five years is compared to some countries is already out of date but you know what to to go from six months to five years was massive massive achievement massive achievement and then um yeah here's to the next five and and let's let's push for more because i think a lot a lot like um i mean god so many things planning is not dissimilar i'm thinking here you actually have a fallback position right so your your five years is there you've got it yeah, yeah. actually how about seven eight nine ten yeah. using case law in other places yeah. uh examples in other places and actually you're in a, a brilliant or we're in a brilliant position to to push for more now and there's other things we want to do as well you know um talking about service dogs uh service animals rather if we're going to use them and i think we should because they're incredible and there's nothing that can do what a dog can do there's nothing that can do what a horse can do at public order there's nothing out there like a dog's nose you know we we absolutely have all the right reasons to use them they love to do what they do but if we're going to use them then it's down to us to to look after them um, and to protect them and make sure the laws are there but when it comes to retirement as well you know there's no there's no pension for them and i don't think that's right and i know people will disagree and i get that but 
you know, again, it comes back to, down to if we're going to use them, if we're going to give them all these knocks and niggles that they're going to have in retirement, then it's down to us to make sure that they're looked after. And that's what we do in our charity. But if we can get the government to say, you know what, we will give them some sort of pension, then that would be a great achievement as well. I think I think the big thing is, um, like you said, our dogs don't don't put themselves in these positions. Our horses don't put themselves in these positions. And it takes a pretty special um, animal to um, be be in that position. Watching. I mean, I, like I said, I've been in lots of different police um, situations over the last three, three or four years. I've been really lucky that I've kind of said, look, hey, I want to come and watch this. And, and they said, go on, then come along. And then I get in the lorry with these guys. I get in the trucks and. Yeah. And they're like, who on earth is this? And what's yeah. she doing here? And I'm like, well, I'm Lauren. I'm from the Sex and World podcast. Um, <laughs> well, I don't train like you guys. But when I watch dogs track and when I watch dogs, I suppose I didn't really get it mm-hmm. until I watched it. And then I watched them and I'm like, you know what? No no human can do that. Or when they're looking and, and they send them and, and they, they're sending them on building searches or outside searches or, or searches even, I mean, God, even from boats and water, like, like it is incredible. And um, mm-hmm. whether it's cadaver or whether it's, um, whether it's a, a person who's got lost. I mean, yeah. these dogs are incredible. Um, yeah and deserve i think so much more don't they they definitely do so it's been a lot of fun and um i'm really pleased we got to talk dave um, at last <laughs> at last we get to talk. i'm sure i'm sure there's more we can do i'm sure there's more we can do from from talking on dog training to talking on the therapies to talking on everything else but but wow we've definitely had an epic um an yeah, epic yeah. <laughs> thank you so much uh for joining um thank us you, Lauren incredible that was this episode of the sex in the squirrel podcast and uh i literally i know that people are going to be blown away uh remember to all of our audience stay sexy